Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Betting Weekend Preview in association with Gambler. Hi guys, hope you're well. Mark O'Hare here from Wheel of Betting, joined as ever by Tom Love and of course Will Dyer on Thursday night as we look towards the final weekend of the domestic league seasons across the big five leagues in Europe. Plenty still to play for in the Premier League, to Liga, La Liga, Bundesliga and Serie A, not to mention the playoffs. So we're going to switch things up for our final podcast of the season. I'm going to be asking the guys to nominate a selection in all five leagues as well as the playoffs this weekend so we can spread our interest across all the competitions. But before we do, I just wanted to tell you that, as I said, this will be our final podcast of the season. Why? Well, as some of you may have known, we're knee-deep in writing, in editing, in designing on our customary WLB Euros betting guide for the summer. It's called the Ultimate Betting Guide because that's exactly what we're aiming to do. I know some of you will be aware of the guides we've produced for the World Cup and for the Euros as well. It's a major project, well over 100 pages, full of team guides, group overviews, all the major markets are covered, our winner, top goal scorer specials, there's a deep view on the home nations, the referees, plus some fantastic features analysing the draw and the schedule. We've got odds compilers explaining how outright odds work and how they're compiled, plus loads more features from all the WLB gang as well. This is due to drop at the end of the month. Digital versions will be made available, but if you'd like to purchase a printed copy, head to the website and get your order in before the end of next week. WLB Gold members will get a free copy of the digital version too. So that's on our plate and basically next week is deadline week and it's going to be hectic. So we made an executive decision to call this as our final podcast of the season and invest all our energy into the magazine next week, which I'm confident you will enjoy. So. I will quit the faffing and let's get straight into the football for this weekend. We're going to start in the Premier League. We're going to start with Tom Love. What have you got for me to punt on on Sunday, mate? Yeah, um, it's basically nothing nothing riding on the Prem much, really. And, and the game that I'm kind of looking at is a side who are going to be at home. They're going to have the fans there for the first time. And I just think that they can really kind of cut loose. And that's Leeds United at home against West Brom. Uh, the bet that I'm going for is Leeds to win and over 2.5 goals, which is even money on bet 365. I think that that's a, a nice angle in. Uh, just basically, listen, I know a lot of people will have heard the uh, interview with Sam Allardyce uh, after that game against West Ham. <laughs> uh, he was fuming, wasn't he? he was just fed up. It, but he doesn't help himself with the stuff that he comes out with. Um, he's got a bit of an ego. He thinks that everyone's the world's against him, and yeah, I'm not surprised that he's not staying on. And that when you kind of hear stuff like that, um, they're already down. They're not at home, so they've not got fans to impress. Whereas Leeds are, are in great form, aren't they? They're, I know a lot of Leeds fans, of course, from being up here and. Uh, they've kind of been going at us like, oh, well, we haven't burnt out, blah, 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 blah. But um, you shouldn't really, with a with a lack of games compared to the championship, but it's still been very impressive from then. Top half finish secured, which is one of the things that we put up in the anti-post uh, as a really strong selection. So, yeah, they've, they've been brilliant. And um, I think that they can really turn it on here. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them notch a few. Um, I think they could have scored a couple more against Southampton, despite kind of being under the cosh in the first half. They just looked really dangerous, especially with Rafinha now back. So, yeah, West Brom are on the beach, aren't they? They're, 
the manager's going. It just screams to me that Leeds are really going to go for this. And um, I think the best way, I did look at the minus one and a half Asian handicap, which is around a similar price. But I wouldn't be surprised if West Brom did score. Um, but I expect Leeds to just outscore them. So Leeds to win and over 2.5 goals at even money. That'll be my uh, best from a depleted kind of Prem coupon with pretty little riding on it. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I think uh, the Bielsa burnout effect certainly hasn't been at play. Did I see Leeds are a second or even top of the 10-game form table in the Premier League? 21 yeah, points earned. Yeah, the top, yeah. Fair play. They've done absolutely brilliant. Great to watch as well, aren't they? Yeah, Bielsa has to be in, in consideration for one of the managers of the year, in my opinion. But there we go. Um, Will, over to you. Premier League player of the weekend, please. Yeah, I'm going to have a punt on a game in Leicester Spurs. But just before we leave Leeds, do you guys know if they might be winning the handicap, the season season handicap bets? No. It's between West Ham and Villa. Is it? Good. Mm -hmm. I'm on West Ham with, I think it was plus 46 or plus 44. And I just thought Leeds, I really hope Leeds didn't win that game. But OK, I don't need to, I don't need to <laughs> hope for that anymore so I can get behind Tom. Because they're on 56 points, so they... They must have had a decent uh, head start as well on that handicap. But yeah, um, good to know that. But uh, I'll go for um, a punt in Leicester Spurs. Um, obviously, last night, the goal difference really got away from Leicester with Liverpool's 3-0 win at Turf Moor, which didn't really see that coming. They, wow, they weren't that great in the first half, Liverpool, but they really sort of just found, found some um, form in front of goal in the second half. Um, uh, before that, Leicester had sort of controlled their Champions League chances for sort of 30 of 37 game weeks this season that they've spent in the top four. Um, Spurs themselves are playing for Europa League or Europa Conference League spot. Um, but to get that UEL or Europa League, they need to beat the Foxes and hope West Ham lose to Saints, uh, which feels unlikely that those sort of stars will align. So it could be a bit of a kick in the teeth for them, um, considering they were in the Champions League final a couple of seasons ago, and now they might be in UEFA's new tertiary European competition, which for sides with a bit more prestige or with the financial clout that Spurs have under Daniel Levy, that isn't really uh, great a great thing for them. Um, and yeah, normally the place for uh, in in the Premier League for the uh, Europe Conference League will go to the League Cup winner or the FL Cup winner, but that was City. So this goes to seventh place, which will be Spurs. They could finish as those ninth if they lose this game. Um, things go against them elsewhere, but is it really worth, is it enough worth fighting for, for for Spurs? I don't know. And with Kane um, potentially leaving, a new manager to come in, it really sort of starts to feel like a bit of a rebuild maybe and probably best, that that is probably best done um, without European football as a distraction on the side, in my opinion, for, for Spurs. Um, I mean, that's not the only reason, but I'm, I'm happy just taking Leicester to win this game at 21-20 to 20, uh, with Sport Nation. It would be their first league double over Spurs since 1998-99 season. Um, they've been pretty dreadful Spurs under Ryan Mason. Last night in the uh, game against Villa, they gave up 20 shots to the, to the Villains. Um, who actually finished the game with a front four, um, two, two debutantes. Uh, the average age of their front four between them and Watkins and El Ghazi is just 21 years old, and they still looked by far the more, more sort of dangerous side uh, in front of goal. Sergio Reguillon had another dreadful game and has been awful since Christmas uh, from what I've seen of him. 
Um, and well, Leicester obviously they were dominated at Stamford Bridge, but again, like Tom says, I really do wonder what the return of only home fans means for the home field advantage right now. And they'll have that at a King Power where they'll sort of be crowned their sort of uh, fairy tale FA Cup final victory back at home for the first game since then. Um, the best Leicester can obviously do is win and hope Palace defy Liverpool. Uh, we have seen Palace do that a lot against the Reds in recent years in Roy's last game as well um, against his old club, Ben Teke against his old club in hot, red hot form as well. So I, I actually really can see Leicester still qualifying for the, for the Champions League, to be honest. Um, and they obviously you're not going to give up on it right now. Uh, they, they need to get their job done as well as hope for, for Liverpool to, to mess it up. Um, Foxes have had a pretty bad um, problem of keeping clean sheets. We talked about that before. Only seven in 24 matches and all of those have been against sides in the bottom eight of the Premier League. Um, but going forward, they've been a different beast, really. Eheo Nacho, 17 goals in 19 matches. Um, and obviously, I've mentioned it as well with Vardy. He's obviously now got his FA Cup and he could get his... This would probably be his last realistic chance of playing Champions League football again. So... Um, a really good season for Leicester that's just had a bit of a hiccup here. And I, I think that they can they can get over the line uh, 21 to 20. Otherwise, I would look at Hay and Acho at 6 to 5 to score any time with Bet365 if you, if you prefer goals, which I know Mark fancies goals in this game. With Harry Kane obviously chasing the top scorer market as well still. So that, that could be a way to look at it too. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned all the the, uh, the questions around Spurs, and I completely agree. It's very difficult to know how motivated they will be. Just another element to chuck in the mix. You know, there's a potential for Arsenal to overtake them, which, you know, I'm not ingrained in the North London rivalry, but I know that's a, a reasonable thing to kind of be battling for. But as you said, on Wednesday night, they didn't exactly show a huge amount of desire and motivation against Villa. So it's hard to know where they're at, really. Uh, I was just going to yeah, ask you, I mean, will, go if, on, yeah. Um, if you're keen on Leicester and you sounded quite bullish about their top four prospects still, uh, would you be interested in a, a small flusher on a 3.6 for them to finish in the top four still? Yeah, definitely. I think that's worth a run. I mean, I would be running a mile from Liverpool 1-7 to seven to beat Crystal Palace. So, <laughs> um, And obviously, I was just going to add as well, actually, I mean, Spurs, over the last 10 games, their XG ratio is just 54%. Leicester's is 60%. They've conceded 15 goals in 10 compared to just 28 in 27 before that. So... They're, they're not been good at the back in the last few games. And I think Leicester could really go for this and uh, get some joy out of it. So, yeah, yeah. that 13 to 5 sounds good to me. Cool. OK, let's move on. Uh, we're going to stay in uh, England for the playoff action. Uh, we were talking on Thursday night. There's still one semi final first leg still to run. Tramier against Morecambe, but uh, they've given the guys full reign over whatever second legs they want to talk about. So, we'll go back to you, Will. What's your view? What's your standout option? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a look at uh, Brentford Bournemouth, um, really frustratingly poor ref in, in the in the first game. It was actually supposed to be Robinson, but there was a change last minute, so I don't even know who the guy is was that came in um, and did that did that first leg. But he really annoyed me. He gave just two cards from twenty four fouls, and I was on Vitali Janelt to be booked, and I just don't see how he didn't pick up one. Um, otherwise, I thought it was a pretty good game. Brentford really didn't look themselves too too much. Jonathan Woodgate's had a really good impact at, uh, on the Cherries since he's gone there um, as well. And this is another thing where we're only allowed home fans in these championship uh, playoff semifinals or, as well. Obviously, at the final itself will be at Wembley, so I believe it will be a mix. But um, I think this one, 
and could be a little bit fi- more fiery um, with a better referee, Jared Gillett. Uh, he is eighth of the refs that have done more than 10 games this season in the championship. Average is uh, 3.45 cards per game, uh, which is pretty solid in this division. Um, and I just, yeah, I just expect that, you know, this is still in the balance really here. Um, you've got uh, one got a one goal lead that they're taking into it. Um, so I, I think we, we could see some sort of tight game towards towards the end. I mean, they, they both said both managers had kind of pointed um, in the beginning. So the, the first leg in the prior to the game kicking off that they kind of saw this one could go all the way even to extra time and, and penalties. Um, one player who I had cited uh, in the first leg as well for a card was Adam Smith. Um, I think he was also lucky to get away with one in the first leg. Came came quite rough in on the back of, um, I guess, was it? I can't remember who it was. If it was Dan Juma. Or, um, so I, I feel like um, there's, there's a potential for this. And what I wanted to do was basically, like we'd said, with this home field advantage not being there anymore, um, well, sorry, being being there for sure right now um, with the referee as well, obviously siding pro- possibly more now, more likely than ever before to side with with home fans because there's not even any away fans in stadiums. So we've gone from having a mix of fans pre-pandemic to to no fans, and now we've got only home fans. Uh, so I like uh, Adam Smith to be carded at nine to two. Uh, that one's with uh, the Canby Sports operators as well. So. You can get that with Mr. Green, Kasumo, and uh, yeah, other, a few other few other bookies as well. So that's that's my only play in this in this game. Um, there's not enough markets priced up on the actual overall team cards in the game. I really I feel like if the line is is anywhere around th- uh, over three and a half cards, I'll definitely be getting involved with it. It it, it was just felt like a game that had was quite stretched enough in the first leg to to actually open up a bit more uh, in this second leg and. Even even more than than it did in the first leg, and if we've got a better referee in, in place, I feel like that we might see a few few cards. And right now, the only option really for me to look at on a Thursday Thursday night is is the player cards markets that have been priced so far. So just Adam Smith, um, the Cherries sort of lifelong left back uh, to get a card at, at nine to two. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good appointment, Jared Gillette. He's got a funny story actually, Australian referee refereed in the A-League and across the uh, the Asian competitions. Uh, I believe he got a job working at Liverpool University and we've managed to sort of transfer his um, certificate, if you like. I don't, I don't really know what referees need to prove their worth, but uh, uh, yeah, got uh, entered into the, the EFL a couple of years ago. So interesting tale. That uh, Over to you, Tom, for your playoff fancy. Yeah, well, I'm actually going into the other championship playoff, Barnsley away at Swansea. A um, bit annoying that Barnsley didn't uh, kind of make the dominance pay in the first leg. I've got them on a on a treble with Lincoln and Newport, who both won two 0 So they're on a. They've basically just got to go for this game. And I was speaking to you <clears throat> earlier, Mark, about um, how corner betting could could be of interest in like be the second legs of playoffs or like any kind of late game in the season where a team just has to go for it. And because Barnsley are 1-0 down, the the impetus is on them to actually go and attack this game. I think even if it wasn't, they would, because we know how, how they like to press high under Valerian Ishmael, who's done a great job there, who we've talked about time and time again on, on this podcast. And 
Um, the bet that I'm going for, I think it's a, a cracking play actually, is Barnsley to have five or more corners, which is five to six with Skybet. Um, basically, this it kind of it's it's two, a two way street here when I'm looking at it because it it's Barnsley pressing high and winning the ball back in attacking areas, which is always good for cornerbackers. Uh, we've seen them being very direct and like to have shots as well. They've been right up there in terms of like the shot stats and stuff like that. And this bet's actually landed in 14 of the last 21. Uh, they had seven in the reverse fixture as well when they are kind of chasing down uh, a 1-0 defeat. And if you just look at Swansea, um, their last uh, six at home, They've, they've conceded 7, 0, 6, 5, 7, and 6. And they've been against teams like Wickham, Preston, Derby, QPR, Middlesbrough. So they're, they're conceding plenty of corners. Um, they One are top 10 not... team in there, mate. <laughs> well, like, I, th- I think that if you look at how they play and how Barnsley play, I think it kind of suited them to kind of sit off a little bit as well, did Swansea in that first leg. And I think they'll be very much the same here. Um, they, they also conceded in the last couple of away games, eight at Bournemouth, seven at Luton, five at Blackburn, seven at Reading, six at Sheffield Wednesday too. So if you take that kind of sample size, the last 12 games or so, I think it, it's landed against them in nine of them games. So, yeah, I don't. this has kind of been priced up as if it's a league game. Um where kind of teams might take a draw, etc. But Barnsley have to go forward and have to win the game. So, given how they play and given how I think Swansea will sit off and kind of just soak up the long balls and and the direct play from Barnsley, I think that um, it will be them in the attacking half. It will be them getting more corners. I quite like them plus they're on the corner handicap as well. Um, that lands a lot against Swansea. So, um, but I, I think the team corner stuff is probably a wiser way in because if they do put the pressure on, kind of get five corners in the first hour and they score two goals, they might be the team to sit off then. So, uh, yeah, I really like that. Barnsley over 4.5 corners or five plus corners with Skybet, five to six. It's four to five on Bet365 as well. So, um, plenty of decent prices about on that. Yeah, I really like that angle in, Tom. Good work. Um, but let's move across the channel into France. Liga is nicely poised at both ends of the table. Should be quite a good finale this weekend. Will, what's your best bet in France? Yeah, I've got uh, uh, my eyes on Lons, Monaco. I, me and Tom haven't spoken pre before this, but I'm fairly sure he may also be citing this match. Um Lons have lost three in a row. Uh, had enjoyed a really great season back in Ligue 1. Um, but yeah, this uh, they head in. They head into this in a, in a bit worse shape. Losing, they've lost by combined seven goals over those those three matches. Really uh, threw it away with a, I think a young young left back Michelin uh, sent off for the second time this season against Lille. Um, and that that three 0 defeat there in that game sort of really was the the match that Lille now will hopefully go into uh, this final weekend, which kind of sprung their their um, title chances even, even more to the fore. Um, and yeah, uh, so for Lons anyway, this this could cut short their sort of European push. 
think it'd be the first time since 2007 that they've been in they've had any european football they still have a chance um as well in the conference league um but i'm pretty pro monaco for this game um they're trending in a way better place the price is 8 to 13 which seems about fair given what Lons have shown for the rest of this season. Um, and I did want to look at a different angle than than the win because I feel like that price is pretty fair. Um, they're, they're not going to be any whipping boys, that's for sure. But um, I wanted to go back to Wissam Ben Yedder as he did the business a couple of weeks ago for us at 13 to 8 to score any time. Um, as I mentioned a couple of weeks back, uh, COVID-19 put the, a spanner in the works for him. Um, but he's now started eight in a row for Les Monegasques. And Niko Kovac seems pretty convinced um, of him right now. But he had scored in five of eight. But he came off injured um, in the Coupe de France final last night, uh, which PSG beat Monaco 2-0 in. Uh, he came off with 30 minutes to go. Uh, whether that was with one eye on the weekend as well, I'm not, I'm not sure. I wasn't watching the match. So I don't know whether it was an injury that sort of he could shake off or not. And I couldn't find any info out about that. But... He's only 23 to 20 now as the bookies have reacted to his recent form anyway. So seems like um, seems like one to avoid because he may not feature or if he does, it could be just part of the match. Uh, so something else I kind of wanted to be, get, like I say, wanted to be pro Monaco. They Monaco concede the least corners in the league at just 3.27 per game. Compare that to Lons, who is 4.78. Uh, that is Oh, it's pretty, fairly respectable, but it puts them 12th, so it's, it's considerable. It's almost two ga- two corners a game more. Uh, they both average in the top five on corners taken per game themselves. Monaco 5.7 and Lons 5.16. But I'm going to go for Monaco minus one corner at 21 to 20 with William Hill. Uh, you may get a better price as well with Paddy Power or Betfair when they join uh, join with their prices. They're often top price on corners and corner handicaps. But right now, Mo- William Hill is my option at 21 to 20. They, you know, they've got a bit of a corner supremacy, but also this solidity at the back has, has been really good lately. The XG against is so low for Monaco recently. Champions League qualification being on the line is a bit more me- meaningful than wrestling clubs sort of waning season and hopes of UEFA Conference League football, which, like I say, would be their first foray in Europe for a while. But it feels like Monaco's Monaco's is a bit more meaningful. I'd love to also put up a, a red card in this game, uh, as Lons had the second worst disciplinary um, scenes, scenes we love to see, as you would absolutely love to see, as you would say, Mark. Uh, so when <laughs> I say worst disciplinary, I mean best disciplinary. Um, Correct. 2.57 cards per the game and Monaco are eighth in that respect as well 2.32 and they both love a red card seven each which is a joint fourth most in the league as we've mentioned many times over the last 32 passes uh that I've recorded down um this season um we've had uh a decent run at it, run of it with cards in league one it's the only league which hasn't really dropped off a cliff with no fans or no spectators so uh, the referee is Jeremy Pignard. I'm probably saying his name wrong there. Pignard sounds very British, uh, <laughs> very English. Uh, he's given four reds this season in 16 games, which is obviously only 0.25 reds per game. But uh, his cards per game is 4.63 total, which is the sixth highest of 23 league on refs this season. And actually above his lifetime average because he's only he'd only done 12 games before this season. You can get a red card at 12 to 5 with William Hill, but again, Betfair Paddy Power are often the better of prices on this and will almost certainly beat that price. So if you can get three to one or more as well on that market uh, with what's at stake and with a 
fairly good ref last game of the season and how it's been for cards this season in France. I'm, I'd be more than happy to join in on three to one on that as well. But for now, it's just Monaco minus one corner. I think they'll dominate uh, 21 to 20 with William Hill. Good stuff. Tom, you've been loving Liga lately. Talk to me. What's your angle in France? Yeah, it's it's probably the biggest game for Lille for about a decade since the last one. Ligue 1 and yeah they are away at Angers and they know that they really they have to win um, you, you'd expect PSG to get the better of Brest although Brest are still in that relegation scrap so that'll be an interesting game to watch but they can't really there will be defence first here so the bet that I really like is Lille to win and under 3.5 goals which is 11-10 to 10 with Betware um, if you just look at their away record, it, it's quite quite remarkable. 11 of the last 12 have won. And 78% of their away games have seen under 3.5 goals. They've conceded just 11 goals in 18 away games, which I'm not sure if that's the best in, in Europe, but it's got to be up there because um, they, they've just been so solid with... They've just got a really nice mix, I think, of experience and, and youth, like Joseph Font with um, Sven Botman at the back. Deki Celik, who will be with Turkey at the Euros, has been exceptional at right-back too. And whoever's been playing at left-back, whether it's Ronaldo or, or Bradovic, they've always done a job and the players in front of them just protect them really well. So they, I watched the game against San Etienne last week and they were very very nervous in that game they, they were so risk averse they, but it kind of almost played against them because San Etienne were piling on the pressure especially in the first half uh, wrapped up quite a few corners even though they've got nothing to play for but I think I'm not sure if it's a mental thing with Lille but they, they've done that at home a lot in games that they've drawn games that they should win against Montpellier, um, Brest, I can remember them playing Brest at home and they drew in Strasbourg too. But they they should be a bit more confident away from home. Um, but even though Angers have nothing to play for, they, this will be the last game under their manager, who's the longest serving manager in the league, Stefan Moudan. So they won't want to kind of put in a... a, a really poor performance that they've got pride to play for for the manager and I just don't think they'll want to get trampled all over uh, so I thought the price on Lille were a little bit short but the few markets that I liked, I liked them to win by exactly one goal as well uh, I just think they'll just about do it just because they do have that factor of you know they're going to win the league if they win, they know they are going to so yeah, in a, in a game where I think it's going to be very tight, very, very tense for Lille, I just think that they'll have enough to see that through. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by a 1-0 scoreline either, um, but this gets, even if Angers score, you get the 2-1 on side with this and it sods again. So, yeah, hopefully Lille do it and kind of break the monotony of the PSG monopoly. Yes, he's hoping Ledoga, my team in France. I'd be very happy to see them win the title against all the odds. Fantastic achievement before that team gets broken up this summer, no doubt. Uh, let's cross into Germany. I'll stay with you, Tom, the Bundesliga. What's your wager? 
Yeah, a, a game, another game with it all to play for for uh, my favourite team, FC Colm, who are at home. You're a Colm fan. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I keep going on about them, don't I? But yeah, I, I, I like the city, so they're my kind of bundle. And you like goats as well, don't you? You're always going on about goats. Yeah, <laughs> I am, yeah, the Billy Goats. But um, yeah, they're, they're at home against Schalke, who are, we've all talked about being probably the worst Bundesliga team of, of my lifetime uh, this season. Pretty embarrassing. I somehow beat Frankfurt last week. Um, I don't really want to speak about that. But they're, they're, they've shown themselves to be a truly awful team and Kern wouldn't want anyone else to play for in a must-win game. Basically, I, I thought they'd do enough to win um, last week, but they only drew, so it, it's quite a perilous position. But if you look at who the other teams who are down there, who they're playing, Bremen have Munchen Gladbach, who are still, I think they're going through one of these conference league places. Um whether they want it or not, I'm not too sure. But they're, they're dreadfully out of form at Bremen. And um, Bielefeld are, are away at Stuttgart. So they, what Kern have to do, they, if they draw, um, it still won't be enough, even if Bremen lose because of a poor goal difference, minus 27. Um, but it, it's nowhere near Schalke's minus 60, which must be one of the worst goal differences. I've seen for a long time. Um, yeah, so it's basically a must-win, even if they want to get into the relegation playoff place. Um, so I looked at the price, and I understand why they're so short. But if you're chucking under 4.5 goals alongside the Kern win, you get 11 to 10, which I think's a really strange, strange way of pricing this up because they don't. They, they can't do anything by goal difference, so um, they, they don't have to like batter Schalke, even though, I mean, they, there's a possibility they could, but the win is the most important thing at the end of the day for Kerr, and then they've just got to rely on the other two sides above them faltering. Um, so, yeah, I thought in a game where Kern they're not scoring plenty of goals, they, they did pick up a, a rare clean sheet recently, so I think that with um, with them, I think that they you're looking at them to maybe win this one nil, two nil, and that they'll just be happy with that. Um, Schalke, I'm I'm writing that game off against Frankfurt because that that was a a wild one. Uh, they lost four previous to that, and they've been dreadful all seasons, especially away from home. Um, easily the worst record in the Bundesliga for a long time away from home for Schalke. So, yeah, Kern to win an under 4.5 goals is 11 to 10 with Betway, I believe, which I'm, I'm surprised that I thought that would be around 4 to 5. Yeah, they normally are when you chuck in the under 4.5 goals. It's an interesting yeah. play. Really interesting weekend in Germany because we could have a scenario next season with the likes of Schalke, Köln and and Bremen playing in the second tier, as well as Hamburg as well. So four massive clubs in Germany. But uh, over to you, Will. What have you found in Germany? Yeah, I fancy uh, something in Bremen versus Gladbach, actually, and had a little check with Tom before the before the podcast just to make sure that we kind of 
didn't fancy the same exact selection or something that we have done in recent weeks. Um, the reason, well, there's a couple of reasons why I like uh, Gladbach, but obviously Bremen chucked out Florian Kohfeldt, um in what well, just after their most recent defeat to Augsburg. Uh, he'd taken charge of 143 matches with them. Uh, and he'd been fairly decent, but although last season they clung on again by the skin of their teeth in a, a 2-2 uh, draw against Heidenheim, where they came through on away goals as well. So, um, all right, it had been a tough season last season, but prior to that, he didn't have, doesn't have the worst win ratio, really. It's just a, it's a tough division, I guess. Um, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but... He, I, I just, I don't really like this sort of checking out manager with one game to go. It sort of sounds like uh, what happened with, with uh, my club Swindon, where with John Sheridan, it, you, you just leave it far too late at that point. This should have been done a few weeks back, or wait till next season for me. Um, and yeah, the, the sort of the Frank Bauman, uh, sporting director, Bremen said, unfortunately, after the game in Augsburg, we were no longer convinced that we would be able to stay up with Florian Koval. But I mean, it's far too late, isn't it? How could you be convinced uh, a couple of weeks ago, but not now? Um, so they've now turned to uh, a return of a sort of legendary Bremen coach, Thomas Schaaf, who's done everything. He's been kit man, bus driver, all sorts of all sorts of roles. Um, and they, they said they're happy he's taken on the task with the club in such a precarious situation. <laughs> A bit, of a bit of a disservice for him. Yeah, <laughs> kit man and, and bus driver. He also did win the Bundesliga for them as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Well, maybe I didn't sort of mention every every aspect, but as I wanted player, to sort of show where he's well. come from in terms of his his lowest parts of his career with them. <laughs> as a player and coach, he won the Bundesliga and the Pokal. Uh, yeah. But no, he was a bus driver as well. <laughs> Sorry, right, yeah, fair enough. That's probably a little bit harsh. I wondered what you were giggling at. I thought you were giggling at what Frank Bauman said, but no, no. clearly not. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. Well, maybe that makes sense. But why didn't they do it a few weeks back? Um, yeah, yeah, is what I was what I wonder. So uh, I don't like this stuff, as we know. We've talked about it a lot in previous podcasts and the the new manager bounce, or whether it's a myth or not. Um, but anyway, in terms of, as Tom had mentioned, there's a few clubs vying for a place in the Euro- in the uh, Conference League. One of them is Gladbach. Obviously, they were in the Champions League this season. So, again, it's another fall from grace, really. But um, for someone like them, they don't have as much prestige, really, at the minute. Or I, I'd still I'd still argue that that is, is sort of something that they would want. Um, and I don't really feel like that looks like that's factored into the price. Like, they're... I mean, you can get about the same price on either side. I've actually gone for draw no bet, so I can't. I haven't got it written down, but I think they're about thirteen to eight to win this. Maybe a little bit shorter now, but for me, they it isn't really pick them at all. Um, and obviously, there is relegation on the line for Werder Bremen, but um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that uh, Gladbach should be should be a pick them against against them. Um, as Tom had mentioned, basically, um, Bremen need to need to hold off Köln um, and obviously Köln are playing Schalke so that looks pretty easy for a win for them um, yeah I mean there's not really much more I, I really want to add to it but um, I just think Gladbach's price at, at 10 to 11 for plus zero Asian handicap draw no bet um, seems a little bit uh, maybe not too good to be true but a, a little bit of, of juice in that price for me um, far superior team they've had some pretty tough results of late um, but Bremen are, are in way worse form and 
at one point did look a lot better off than than they have in the last sort of six seven games so maybe that's why this didn't happen a couple of weeks ago maybe the form has really just gone into its worst state uh, at the worst possible time for them but but yeah just gladback plus zero asian handicap at 10 to 11 with better victor that is yeah i like that uh gladback sporting director max ebel talking this week saying that he is telling his players and his coach that they must qualify for Europe, no matter what competition it is. It's a big deal for Gladbach, so they'll be gunning for the game this weekend, as well as Bremen, which obviously helps you, Will, with that selection. Um, let's move on to Serie A. I'll stay with you, Will, your best bet in Italy. Yeah, I'm going to take on Juve again. We failed last week, didn't we? All of us fancied Inter, but it didn't, didn't work out. But uh, Weird game. Thought, Some really curious decisions in that as well. But, um, yeah, I heard. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, well, a lot of people point to corruption and everything. As soon as anything like that goes Juve's way, didn't they? Um, so Bologna, yeah, uh, Bologna hosts Juve at 7:45 on Sunday night. Looking forward to Sunday. It's just going to be mammoth matches, isn't it? Back to back. Um, Champions League qualification, as we know, is is not in the old lady's hands, but they are lucky that. AC face Atalanta. Um, there's a couple outright prices I could actually point to as well here. I, I don't see AC qualifying for AC Milan for qualifying for the Champions League because they are away at Atalanta. Um, so you can, interesting. A, yeah, I mean, I do. Do you? Do you, mm. do you think they'll win? They're, I mean, they're Atalanta, priced. Atalanta are already in the top four. They've just lost yeah. the cup final on Wednesday night, yeah, which is basically their main focus. Night. And if Atalanta don't beat Milan, um, Juve finished outside the top four or something along those lines anyway. So there was a bit of bad blood last night in the Coppa Italia final. So I wouldn't be too surprised if uh, Gasparini and co decide to, I wouldn't say lie down and allow Milan to just win. But, uh, you know, there might be some sort of kidology there and, and allowing them to get a result. But there we go. Go back to you. Yeah, it could be. I mean, also some... Um, Milan fans have basically said something about potentially buying Bologna shirts if Bologna can get a result for them <laughs> to, in this game. So and there's a big, big, big banner up in uh, Emilia Romagna in the town uh, of Bologna saying like something about the hunchbacks and we hate them. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but AC uh, twelve to uh, sorry uh, thirteen to ten to win at Atalanta. So I mean, if you fancy it, but. Juve to finish in the top four is is seven to ten at Sporting Index and only one one to two at Bet365. So you've got quite a big difference in sort of implied probabilities there, as much as an edge of eight percent between those two prices. So I mean, well, I maybe we just ignore either then because we I could I could I've got arguments either way. So I, I'll just stick to my stick to my actual uh, match price that I fancy. Um, we know that obviously tiebreakers wise, Juve are are out of it on goal difference or on head-to-heads with all of those teams. So, yeah, I watched a bit of Coppa Italia last night. Um, they will maybe feel the effects of their exertions, I guess, as well on Wednesday night. Juve, 14th Coppa Italia final. Um, they dug in, really, and defended quite well, sitting on a one-goal lead for the last half hour. Ladea had more, much more of the ball as a result of that lead. A couple of times, I think, they led in the match, didn't they? So, uh, it could be evident in a couple of the pl- older players' legs. Um and yeah, Bologna plus two Asian handicap is seven to ten at bet three six five. Um, and for me, that's that's a pretty good price. It's quite short. Might you might want to put that in a multiple if you don't fancy short single prices like that. Um, but Juve have only won five of thirty seven league games by more than two goals. 
Uh, all of those were sides against below Bologna in the table. Um, and over the last four games, Bologna are actually fourth for XG ratio, which despite their, their winless uh, in sixth form, doesn't really tell the whole story, basically. 65% XG over the last four games. Juve are 59% over the last four games. Um, so Sinisa Mihalovic's side are, were unlucky against Genoa. Um, and then in three recent draws they've had as well for the, the Rosso Blue. So, I, yeah, I mean, I think that that form is to be ignored. They could still finish in the top half. I know that's not really something that comes into a side's thinking and it requires Napoli to lose to Verona or not to beat Verona. So it's unlikely. But, um, yeah, uh, just, just for me, that's... Uh, that's what I fancy in this game. Bologna plus two Asian handicap. I can't see Juve crashing uh, thrashing them at all. I hope you're right. I think anyone uh, who likes Italian football would like to see Juventus finish outside the top four. But uh, hopefully they can make a game of it. I'm sure Sinisa will have them uh, motivated to try and do something at the weekend. Uh, Tom, what are you saying in Italy? Well, I win the same game, to be honest. This is one that we oh. didn't... Uh, converse about yeah Bologna plus two Asian handicap at uh, 1.76 with Marathon um, well you've got the same bet yeah, yeah I have that, I didn't that. see that Marathon price alright we'll take that instead ah. <laughs> yeah uh, 1.76 I thought that were a great price so yeah for all the reasons that were listed I think it's a standout bet this weekend uh, Bologna I, I watched that game against Genoa um, I, I had a financial interest in it and uh, it involved Bologna to score and I've never seen them be so dominant and just not be able to put the ball in the back of the net but it goes like that sometimes but they're, they're a side that are very curious because they're always really high on the XG and stuff but they sometimes do kind of just not, they don't have a clinical striker who's going to put them away um, it seems like but they're, they're very good at creating stuff and yeah, they've scored in all but three games at home and they've only lost by three or more goals in two games this season, which were against Roma and Atalanta. Um, so, basically, whenever I think a team's going to score um, and if you can get them plus two Asian handicap, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that uh, more often than not, unless it's against like Bayern Munich. And, yeah, you've, uh, they don't need to come out and, and hammer them either. So, yeah, pretty simple. Um for the one that I've gone for exactly the same reasons as well. But uh, I was just looking down the uh, goal lines for this weekend in Syria, and I can remember the glory days of Syria being priced up quite generously for over two and a half and four teams to score, etc. And, and it's a, a bit of a shambles now because they've kind of finally caught on to how, how good it's been for goals. Um, but two games that I think they've not really got anything particularly riding on them well uh, one of well no both of them do because neither sides can kind of move anywhere but I think how both sides play um, I think it'll be quite goal heavy and that's Sassuolo versus Lazio and Spezia versus Roma I fancy both them for both teams to score it's around five to four for the double uh, best price I think it was with Unibet um, the, the it's pretty similar uh, around everywhere, but you're kind of getting one to two or shorter on a lot of both teams to score this weekend. But um, all these sides play pretty attacking football and they'll want to kind of go out with a bang. So, yeah, that would be my, probably my next best. Um, 
we'll put that forward as mine because Will, Will's made a great case for the plus two, but yeah, very keen on that too. Yeah, good to hear you both agreeing on the same best bet in Italy. Adds extra confidence to it, but um, I'm saying we're leaving the best till last here because we're talk, going to talk about La Liga next, which is pretty excellent at both ends of the league table. The title's still up for grabs and relegation places still to be decided. So, Tom, lead us off with your best bet in Spain. Yeah, looking forward to this massively because it's a game that um, probably everyone's eyes are going to be on mainly is Valladolid against Atleti, which, as you, as you mentioned, Mark, it's got big significance at both uh, ends of the table. Valladolid have to win um, and, and hope that Elche and Wesker don't. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're going to have to go for it. And uh, Atleti have to at least match Real Madrid's um, result, I believe. So it, it's going to be one of them games that has to just open up at some point. And there's there's a lot of ways you can get involved in this. But the one that I've taken is to back Valladolid to have over two corners and both teams to be carded in the second half. Sounds sounds a bit complicated. I appreciate that, but if you take that on the bet builder on Bet365, it pays ten to eleven, and it kind of covers all all bases. I think that cards it's quite obvious um, with both sides having so much to play for. I know that you're keen on cards too here, Mark, but I think if you chuck in Valladolid to have over two corners, given they've got to go for it now, um, I think that that's a a canny way to kind of boost the price because I've kind of kept tabs on Valladolid uh, the last couple of weeks and because they're kind of having to go for games now, they're seeing a lot more shots, um, quite a lot more corners too especially with Sean Weissman back up front, he, he's been having plenty of shots um, and because they're just going to have to go for it at some point, they're plenty probably going to have to defend at some point presuming they do take the lead um, I just think that it should be a real shootout. So I'm kind of focusing on the second half. Um, you could chuck, you could even chuck in a, a second half goal into that, but I don't really want to delve into the goal markets just because Atleti are so kind of dogged at the back and they've got a really good clean sheet record, haven't they? So, yeah, I think that the corner angle makes sense when you look at Valladolid's kind of propensity to kind of get in and around the box but not create good chances they, they didn't be taking a lot of pot shots and um, getting into dangerous areas but the final ball's been really poor and it has been all season and Atleti are naturally a defensive side who defend deep um, so yeah I think that if you take that angle both sides to be carded in the second half I think that's kind of given with what's going to be at stake. Um, but Valladolid to get three or more corners and you're getting nearly even money about that. I think you've got to be clever in these markets at the end of the season and try and manufacture a bet that plays into uh, the, the possible scenario that's going to play out. And I always tend to look at second-half markets. I usually wait in play for stuff like this, but um, with two sides going for it like that... Um, stuff to play for on both sides. I think you can do it in uh, pre-match. So, 
Yeah, Ballard the lead over two corners and both sides over zero cards in the second half. It's one of my strongest bets of the weekend, man. Good to hear. We've uh, we've also got uh, Jose Sanchez Martinez as the, the referee. Yeah, he's, uh, he's very strict. Loves his cards. The one with the mad eyes. Um, <laughs> I think he's got very gelled up hair as well, if I remember right. But uh, Will, over to you. Any views in Spain this weekend? Yeah, I've, I've taken the other big match, Madrid versus uh, Villarreal. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's plenty plenty at stake in this match too. We've, we've been uh, sort of spoiled for choice with some of these fixtures in some of these leagues this weekend. And uh, yeah, so obviously La Liga is decided um, by by either this game or, or the the title was decided by either this game or Atleti's match. Um, if uh, Los Blancos beat Real and Atleti failed to win their final game, then then Real Madrid would win the league, and that would that would be their 55th, uh, 35th um, title and turn what has been a pretty, well, it looked kind of a dreadful season in the end and three weeks ago after getting uh, knocked out of the Champions League and were fair, far, fairly far behind as well. And not far behind, but a few more points behind. Didn't really look like this was going to be possible. Um, and yeah, uh, they're unbeaten in 17 matches in the league, I think it is. Um, uh, so they're, they're in pretty good form. Uh, a positive result, though, for Villarreal would with some decent results elsewhere could even get them into the Europa League spots um so they're relying on what Betis and Sociedad do I won't go into all the permutations um I think we've done enough of that this this guess but um essentially the yellow submarine could could end the season with no silverware and just a UEFA conference league spot um if they were to lose in the Europa League final to United as well next week so quite a lot at stake for them um i don't think that they will have obviously they're gonna have one eye on the final of that next week but i don't think that they'll hold back at all this weekend with that in mind um and as well it could just be the satisfaction of stopping zidane's men winning the title uh should they should they um actually get some points out of this match but betis and Sociedad not slip up then you know it could still be could still be nothing left for them in it um if they were to win in the Europa League, they, by the way, qualify for the Champions League for next season as well. So I think eyes are obviously going to be on that game, but um, play play what's in front of you first, right? Um, and again here, I just I fancy cards, uh, although actually the referee is Jose Luis Manuera Montero, who is the lowest of all 20 La Liga refs this season. So I'll, I'll, I'll try and say why I fancy it, though. Um, he's averaging an awfully low cards per game this season of just 3.06 through 19 games, which compares to his lifetime is 5.01 through 91 games. So it's a massive drop off. But I'm going to go against that stat. Um, both teams over 1.5 cards is 15 to 8 at bet 3.65. And we don't see a price like that really very often in La Liga. So they clearly have taken the ref into account here. Um it's the highest price of the matches that have been priced up yet so far this weekend for both teams over 1.5 cards. And that's even compared to some matches like I think Osasuna's game, which are completely meaningless matches. Um, so, yeah, with what's at stake and with um, some, there's actually some decent stats for cards. The, another reason why the price might be so high is that Real and Villarreal are actually the two least carded teams in the league. Um, but what I quite like is their opposition do actually get a fair few more cards than 
than than they actually pick up themselves. So now that they're facing each other, you know, they're not. It shouldn't cancel each other out in that respect. Like they've both got a bit of flair in their side in their teams. So Real are ninth uh, for cards against them, two point five one per game, and Villarreal thirteenth, uh, two point three two cards per game. Um, so I, I mean, I, I still see quite an easy chance of um, both t- both sides picking up uh, over one point five cards. Both of them, you know, overall do average their opposition do average higher than one point five cards in a match. Uh, and I just think that. There's plenty at stake here, and 15 to eight is a is a big price from Bet365, and you know we're we're mostly can normally looking at around even money or shorter on 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 matches this season, and it for that bet for that market in in La Liga, um, yeah, and I mean plenty of, hopefully plenty of fire involved in this match. Yeah, it should be a fantastic climax to the season in Spain. Real Madrid gunning for the title, Villarreal gunning for a European spot or Europa League spot. Um, right, before we go, I'm going to ask you both. I didn't ask you this before the show, but I'm going to just put you on the spot right now for your best bet of all the ones you mentioned so far. So I, effectively, your nap of the weekend. Who wants to go first? Oof. I'm going to hand over to Tom, put him on the, put him <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> Bugger. Um, I think I know which one he's going to talk about. I'm Tom between two. I really like that last one um, in Spain, but... I think the the stats align for Barnsley five or more corners at five to six. Um, I think that that will be my best bet this weekend. I just think they're chasing the game. They're the better side, in my opinion. They're the ones who are going to be putting the pressure on. It's landed in 14 of the last 21. It lands all the time against Swansea. Um, it should be around one to two. That. So, yeah, five to six on Barnsley five or more corners. That'll be my nap. William, I'll go for uh, Glad Black, Glad Black, Glad Back, Glad Back. <laughs> I'm just going to start calling them Munch and Glad Back instead. Uh, plus zero agent handicap at ten to eleven. Uh, Bremen have only won seven matches in 33 this season, so I think your your money back, which have, which has been happening far too often on all my uh, plus zero agent handicap matches, so many this season. Of I don't know how Kern didn't. Um, win their game last weekend they i think whoever they were playing had one shot I've forgotten who it was now so yeah Hertha, yeah. Was it? Uh, yeah it was hertha exactly that was it it was mm. one shot from hertha uh so i've had that happen too too often this this season and this time they're glad back are going to do the job for me at, at 10 to 11 draw no bet basically super stuff always enjoyable great insight great knowledge from the guys thank you for your hard work across the season lads uh I'm sure I speak on behalf of the listeners when I say that too. Some tremendous angles of attack, not just this weekend, but throughout the campaign and some fantastic winners along the way. Also, just a big thank you to you guys, the listeners. Without you, we'd probably have packed up early doors. So we really appreciate your kind support. And of course, just sharing of the podcast on social media, which is always worthwhile for us. Um, But going to wrap it up there. Hope you have an enjoyable and profitable weekend. Uh, if you've a passing interest in the Euros this summer, please do check out the WLB website for more details on our forthcoming preview guide, which will be out at the end of the month. Uh, so all that's left to say is a big thanks to the stars of the show. Tom Love. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening this season. It's been a joy. And Will Dyer. Thanks a lot, mate. Yeah, exactly the same as Tom said. And I'm looking forward to those uh, Euro 2020 ref profiles. Didn't know about them. Great. <laughs> Looking forward to your contribution to the guide, Will. So, yeah. Um, 
Right, this has been the We Love Betting Weekend Preview Podcast. Chat soon. <laughs>